welcome everyone to this week's show. Uh, we have a great guest, Steve, who spent time actually uh, about a year after Roz, Slats, Devin, and I were there. So we're interested to see what happens. And he had a lot of uh, diff- different jobs, and we're excited to hear more. So welcome, Steve. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on the show. This is a uh, hilariously fun concept, and uh, and I'm you know just like got a lot of stories to tell. So I hope I can uh, bring some truth to the title. What years did you go to you exactly? So I went from ninety two to ninety seven, the best five years of my life. Yes, I was uh, eighty seven <laughs> to ninety one, um, and I, I think everyone will have to share that same sentiment. Uh, <laughs> Now, I know that you're into podcasting now and some media. Is that what you studied at OU? No, actually, um, I started off um, as an education major, and I followed it all the way through. So I was high school education uh, with a uh, specialty endorsement in English. That's kind of how OU did the program there. It was a little weird. They did it a little differently than most colleges uh, structure their education uh, department, um, because OU, right? So, um, it was kind of a weird major. Um, like most teachers when they graduate from college get like just the certification and the license to teach English. But mine, my major is actually technically high school instruction with a, a kind of a minor in English. That's a weird distinction, but again, that's what they were doing down there. So um, it's kind of weird when I explain it to people, but it works. So I know a little bit. Of, I mean, I don't know much about the education system, but I hear people talk about getting a teacher certificate. Is that a state thing? So you got out of OU with a degree to teach, and then you had to go to each state to get a certificate. Is that how that works? Yeah, that's how that works. So basically, you just get your uh, bachelor's degree, your undergraduate, and then depending on where you want to go back to teach. You take the exam and or you apply to the state board of wherever you want to go. So, uh, you know, if you're from Paducah, Kentucky, and you went to OU and you you know, wanted to become a gym teacher or whatever, and you come back to Paducah, you still have to take the Kentucky exam and get uh, your, your uh, license to teach in Kentucky, even though your undergraduate was at OU. So. Well, that's uh, I mean, a good major, and we'll get more into that. Uh, did you live in, on campus in the dorms? Yeah, your okay. Time there? So um, my freshman year, I lived in Crawford, a.k.a. Hell. That is known throughout campus. Um, and uh, that was interesting, to say the least. Um, a lot of just... But why hell? We had someone on a previous podcast, and they were there a couple years before us, and that was like the big party spot. But when we were there, it wasn't. It was just another dorm. It wasn't really. I don't remember it being like a, a wild place. You know, no different than anything else. Was it? What made it hell? You, you say was it just the, old or? There were um, just too many weird instances and too many things that were just negative. Like even. I'm not a like a vibe person per se, but you know it was a bad vibe, just a lot of fights. Uh, uh, you know there were uh, people, you know, uh, being obnoxious. Which, of course, typical college dorm stuff, right? Like the quiet bookish guy, his the 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 
next door neighbor is the one that blasts the music, you know, all night, right? So that's the kind of typical stuff that you you, you go through. But I mean, just it was so amplified there. Um, it got to the it got to the point where like uh, frequently campus police had to swing by um, for different reasons. Um, I actually uh, got into a stupid shouting match with a, uh, another like a female stu student over. Um, we were arguing, you know, whether or not uh, like the like just so dumb. Like the Whitney Houston when she had her big hit with Dolly Parton's remake, "I'll Always Love You" in '92, and I basically just because I'm because I'm a singer and I kind of know how to sing, so I was just arguing that well, she you know Whitney Houston was doing some you know she's no Dolly right right she's no Dolly. I was just basically making the point that Whitney Houston's going to ruin her voice in 20 years because of the way she sings, and this girl got on me and just called me like a racist and a, a white supremacist and all that stuff, and I'm just like. I'm just criticizing how she sings. I didn't say she sucked, you know. Yeah, right. Um, so that was just a wild kind of stuff that was going on. Um, uh, you know, we would be fighting, uh, you know, for TV time between, um, like, uh, wrestling on Monday nights. And there was some other huge show. I don't want to say Friends, but there was some huge show on Mondays that, that a lot of uh, the female was students. Moonlighting were on? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Something like that, where it was a huge ratings grab. And there was always a fight for the common TV, and and uh, so we and, had uh, days of our lives. Was everyone that scheduled their classes around days of our lives? So yeah, go go back and watch that. Yep, yep, and uh, and, and just like stupid stuff. And it actually, it, the worst thing that happened though was that um, this this uh, girl who I actually had a crush on, and I was probably I finally had just uh, gotten the nerve to ask out found out that she she was uh had a, like a bad trip like someone had uh laced uh some weed she was smoking with like something we don't know what it was for sure probably pcp and uh she basically thought she could fly she opened up her balcony window and fell like head first three floors uh, and died instantly ah. So, ah. I mean, yeah, like a lot Man, of that, that yeah. is like, I think that's a story you should lead with. Holy cow. That makes it a terrible. I read about uh, that when we did a haunted Athens uh, mm -hmm. episode and they yep. talked about someone jumping out from uh, Crawford Hall. Um, yeah, that's so like, well, see, when you have stories, you build up to the big one. See, that's what I was doing. I was just building yeah, up. Boy, that is a big one. Yeah. So, I mean, to say uh, Crawford was how it would be to put it mildly. Well, when she when that happened, was there any link to paranormal? Was it anything to do uh, than the haunted Athens per se, or was it just kind of coincidence? I think it was coincidence. I want to let's. I want to say like. It was around Halloween um, when it happened. You know, maybe that makes for a spookier story. I don't know. I do know it was fall quarter, and I do know that they were even contemplating um, uh, letting the students of Crawford, like, slide on some assignments or whatever as far as grief counseling goes. Like, I didn't even really know her all that well, so, it, you know, I don't want to sound callous. It didn't really faze me. Like, I mean, I was sad that it happened, you know, and all that stuff. Um there, she just like partied with people on the second and fourth floor, and uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, I mean, I hate to sound like a some type of narc, or whatever. It was the drugs will do it to you, man? It's just kind of like sure. it was. It was just a bad. It was like it was like the bad weed at the worst time at night. Blah blah blah. 
there was even rumors where like someone had said the last thing she said was she thought she could fly. So I mean, uh, yeah, that is a sad story. It I, uh, is. It's you're right up. about right about the Crawford Hall. It's tough to talk about something else. What about after Crawford? Were were two? So uh, Crawford, um, I decided that I had enough of Crawford and enough of my roommates. So and since I was paying for you know my own tuition, I just went to Cody after that, and I got a single in a quad, and or not a quad, but in a you know, the common area type deal where... Yeah, I think I, they were you know, quads, right? They were pod. That's what they called, pods. Yeah. So it was like a pod. The quads were more like um, uh, uh, the convo, you know what I mean? Like four people in, in one living space. This was more um, uh, kind of like... I describe it like more like the a cruise ship cabin where you only had your own single and other people had their singles, but then there was a common space out like in the lab yeah we had a hallway of girls and a hallway of boys yeah that's like, what it was then one off the common room i think at one time wasn't a dorm room but i think they turned it into a dorm room yeah so we had and at the end of each hall was a double but then everyone else had singles mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah so that was I, we called them quads i don't know why because there was it has nothing to do with four of anything <laughs> right <laughs> i think that was just the thing that people were calling them and yeah. and, and those were those were fun i mean I, I kind of, at that point, I kind of got jaded from the college dorm room experience, and I started making more friends outside of the dorms, so I really, you know, um, could, could care less. I was kind of more antisocial at that aspect, but I did like the idea I'm uh, uh, of, you know, just only a few people being down the hall, you know? Uh, and well, you kind of know, you kind of get to know those people too. So, you know, the, the, the goods and, and the bad, but I will say those, uh, people that I share with are, are still, uh, some of my best friends today. In fact, Slats was one of them who's on the podcast as well. So it was a good experience. It turned out well, but I can yeah. see it, see it going South. Yeah. Uh, did you live, uh, off campus? So two years in the dorms and two to three years somewhere else. Yeah. So then, um, I found like it, I, I was very fortunate because I found some pretty amazing places to live off campus, and I know everybody kind of says that because it's your first official breath of independence, you know. But I actually had some some pretty boss places that I lived. Um, my first apartment was a half apartment off of Union, way out where it's kind of it, it kind of became Carpenter, so. Uh, do you know where the Skulls were, the Skulls uh, fraternity was? I I don't, uh, but, but I, mean, I do, but it wasn't there when I was there. Okay. So if you keep going up, I think it's Carpenter. So if you keep going up and you, and you, you said, like you said, the middle school's on the right or on the left, and then you keep going and it kind of V's off, it kind of veers off, and then you see the Skulls. And then, or at least they were the skulls when I, the skulls were there when I was there. And uh, then there was this uh, coin-operated um, laundromat and convenience store, just randomly like at the middle of this intersection. And then I lived across the street from that, and it was a uh, it was a half apartment. It all it was was just you know uh, what do you call them like a convenience or or a studio apartment or whatever. Um, my my you know my living room and my bedroom was the same room, 
Yes. No one, you know, you got a shade. You were you were in the basement. No one knew you were there. You know, you so sleep that was all the, day. No light. It's got all the advantages. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, disadvantages were um, uh, the mushrooms growing in the shower, but that's because the shower was by the heater and there was a lot of moisture. So what are you going to do? You know, it's always a trade off in life. Yeah, that's for sure. I lived in one place where it had big holes in the wall. I would stuff garbage bags and paper sacks in the walls as insulation because it was so cold. That's so <laughs> oh, I, uh, wow. I well, uh, you mentioned when we spoke earlier uh, uh, some cool jobs you had. Tell me about that. I want to hear more about the, your being a bouncer at the Greener. Is that your first bar you worked at? Um, yeah, that was the first bar I worked at. So, uh, it was pretty wild, you know, as you do, you, your rite of passage at OU is you either have to go to, uh, the Nick or the greenery. And honestly, for as much as people ragged on the greenery, I kind of thought the Nick was dirtier to be perfectly honest, but, um, you know, well, maybe that's for another podcast for another day. I think but, the dirtiest one was G Willikers there when you were there. Oh no. Nope. So, which was the one, and that was in the alley, and it, I don't know if yeah. it became anything else, and we were talking about this earlier, that they would have uh, big buckets of beer, and everyone got a straw. I'm like, oh, I would gag drinking yeah. all that backwash. Oh. But Nickelodeon was down, it was underneath the College Inn or something, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so and, uh, I don't remember no it being there. dirty. Yeah, I don't remember it being dirty. I remember the greenery, just people, it was a young crowd drinking, uh, well, you talked about this on uh, our bar episode, with brain, brain stompers, right? Yep. Yeah, and the big chalice they gave you, you had to leave your ID so you wouldn't steal one. <laughs> right. And it was just uh it was it was it was a magical time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um so uh, so I was, you know, going to say that when I was there frequenting it a lot, um I just kind of was doing my thing, right? And then I had a buddy of mine that Coincidentally enough, I met through church group. Um, my buddy said, you know, well, all right, so when we're done drinking, we'll just go home. You know, it was kind of a – it was a nice place to crash. It wasn't so far the dorms and all that stuff. Well, he just so happened to be next-door neighbor to a guy who was one of the head bouncers at the greenery at the time. And, uh, you know, just to talking and shooting the breeze with them, you know, backyard in the cookout, he was like, you go to the greenery a lot, do you? And I'm like, is it that obvious? I, I suppose he figured he had enough of uh, picking me up off the floor or off the bar and escorting me out of the bar that he figured, well, if I'm there enough, I might as well get paid while right. I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> so, is that where you became Big Steve? That yeah, that's kind of where I became Big Steve. So uh, <laughs> that, the adventure began, and uh, it was it was wild. I mean, I, you know, uh, I it's one of those fun jobs where you can put it on the bucket list. It's, you know, I, I, I guess proud would be kind of the, uh, an incorrect word to say, like I, it's kind of a badge of honor. It's kind of like a bucket list thing that you could, you could say, Hey, I worked at the greenery, you know? Right. I survived kind of thing. Uh, exactly. I guess it is, it is pride. Uh, it's more like, I don't know if I tell my kids that I was proud to work there. I mean, I was proud to go to OU. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just a good experience. But I know that there was a lot of drunk people in the greenery, particularly when I, we were there. It was the underage drinking spot. Yeah. So particularly drunk people. Uh, yeah. You have to have some stories like of crazy drunks, fights, police, any uh, people running around without clothes on there. 
Oh, uh, wow. Do I? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Would you want to hear about the time that I was bouncing and my girlfriend, future wife, got peed on on the dance floor? <laughs> yes, I do okay. want to hear that. We won't, she's not listening. No, uh, she's okay. She's 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 putting and she put the the boy to bed. She's upstairs talking and and listening. So no, I mean, uh, it was wild. You know, I'm just doing my thing and um, I, I was working and this is the time where I think basically my wife was just kind of flirting with me. You know, so she was kind of following, half stalking me everywhere I go. I'm not good at taking hints. I'm actually kind of surprised this all worked out for me with her because you know. And so, then till till she. Until she peed on you, you're like, yes. I think she likes me. So basically, yeah, mark me. You know, yeah. um, so, so you know, we're there, and you know, she's kind of flirting. And she's telling me, you know, she's she's here. And she's gonna, you know, uh, you know, hang out for a while. So I'm like, cool. And I'm doing my thing, and then she's with her girlfriends, and they're dancing underneath the DJ booth right by the um, uh, the speaker. Well. As you know, the greenery dance floor is pretty crowded and and slippery and about like two inches of it was, you know, yeah. muck was there, and it was it was just always hard sledding. Well, it's also part of the reason is because there's lots of bodily fluids there apparently. So my wife was dancing, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, it, she feels like something abnormally warm, like on her leg. And she's thinking, okay, maybe somebody spilled a drink on me or something. I don't know. But then, someone's drinking coffee, <laughs> right? You know, getting a getting a latte or whatever for a second shot. So she's she just looking around, and she's talking to her girlfriends, and she's talking to the DJ, and she's like, "Is there is there a leak or something? Is it raining?" And turns out she turns around, and just like you would see at a stall, guy has his hand up against the glass with one hand other hand was on uh, his fire hose and he was just basically peeing in the corner because he did not want to go to the uh to the bathroom so she is just mortified and she's running to me now i'm in the meantime i am like perched you know where i'm supposed to be and i i couldn't see anything like i, I you know it's like the bouncer thing where you're just purviewing the room you're just like basically scanning you're not really you know looking at anyone in particular you're just looking to see the first you know punch thrown or chair flying in the in the air she's like, my future husband's a bouncer you better quit peeing on me well that kind of got communicated to him and as i came off the perch he saw me coming and just basically bailed. You know, he's basically said, no, nah, I'm out. So he, he, he self removed for lack of a better term. And well, I'm glad um, he could walk even. Cause you think if you're in a state to do something like that, you have to be pretty drunk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I kind of like, I checked on her, see if she's okay. She went home, got changed and stuff. And, and I really, you know, like, I, I, it takes a lot to get me upset. I do have a pretty bad temper. It takes a lot to get me upset. So by the time like he knew he messed up and was down the stairs and out the door, by the time I got to the steps, I was like, that dude's drunk and gone. There's nothing else he could do other than like risk, you know, being employed is just going after him. You know what I mean? So right. that's just, so that was kind of a mild thing, but yeah, like getting peed on, um, there, there was, um, 
there was another time where there was an uh, an after hours party at uh, the, the greenery uh, that basically amounted to one of the uh, bartenders just wanted to get laid. And since I was his ride home, I stayed. So, um, guy, uh, really handsome guy. Uh, but not not like we say after hours. Not like for everybody. Just him and a, the girl and her friends he invited. Because I don't remember. Rob was telling me she she went to you know bar closed because her friend was uh, with, with the bartender. But it wasn't like a normal thing. I don't remember back then that they'd hey we're bars staying open. Everybody else leave and you guys can stay. That that never really happens so much. I don't think unless you're no. an employee. No, no, because uh, to to be honest, like. A, a lot of the bars wanted to keep a squeaky clean uh, face, reputation, whatever you want to call it, for the APD and for the local uh, DEA. Honestly, because they are ATF, whatever, because honestly, they didn't really want to make it. Even though um, that's kind of the reason why a lot of people went to OU, they didn't really want to make a bunch of waves or trouble. And it was a. It was a whole back scratching system. I could like get into some of the details about how that all went down. But most of the bars that were twenty one and over and really tried hard to stay legit stayed legit for a reason. And so, so um, bar, so so uh, really, all it was. And he even told me he's like, "Dude, you give me a ride home tonight, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, cool. I mean, you know, you still got that DUI rap, so yeah, I'll be glad to give you a ride home." And he said. Yeah, we're going to stay a little late. Don't freaking tell anybody. He didn't say freaking. So don't tell anybody. I'm like, um, uh, okay, dude, I, I, it's apparently just going to be me and you, right? So uh, it was a couple of us. It was him, myself, and two other bartenders. And it was two um, very, uh, you know, very, very nice uh, daughters of God who wanted to stick around for um and after hours um one of them was really crushing hard on the bartender that i was responsible for driving him home and the other one was uh her friend so you know kind of like the wing girl so to speak um those the four of us uh well there's was, was the six of us it was three other bartenders me and two and two young ladies um well, uh, we, we locked everything up. Uh, no one knew we were there. And uh, we proceeded to have our own uh, private dance show, for lack of a better term. Uh, it was, uh, they were both very athletic. And they were both... Um, they were they were both I believe dance majors or something at OU and 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 you could tell um, uh, they were um, very easy on the eyes. We got our own uh, personal strip show. That was the first time I had ever technically had uh, been part of a strip show. So. Yeah, and that's uh, I wouldn't. That is kind of crazy. What about like during hours? What was the craziest thing you saw? Um, same. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, I remember distinctly one Halloween. Uh, 
it wasn't so much of a, of a crazy thing that happened. It was just a memory. It was so packed one Halloween that my job was to stand on a stack of chairs. I'm talking about a stack about 20 high um, of chairs. And my whole job the entire night was to scream, if you're coming upstairs, climb to the right. If you're going downstairs, climb to the left. So basically, just I was just basically a traffic cop for all of the... Uh, um, immensity of the partiers coming in just to keep traffic going if you were coming up the stairs you had to go to the the right if you had if you're going downstairs you were you know what i mean going kind of like military right you know right shoulder right wall type deal yeah well that's um, important it's like a stoplight you know sure, where yeah. would we be without that hey and that was actually i think that might have actually been like the second or third day i worked there at the greenery it was that that halloween of 93 i think it was either 93 or 94 so you worked there. Did you work there your tenure, like from ninety three to ninety seven? Uh, I did. Yeah. I also I, I worked there um, over the summers too. That was kind of nice. That I kind of had like a fallback job to go the, in. The summers um, in Athens are the best. We, we yeah. talk about that frequently on the on our on our show. That it like everyone has such a good time. Um, yeah. It, it did. I only stayed one summer. If I knew that, I would have stayed. How much fun it was, I would have stayed all of them because it was fantastic. Hey, the greenery. Though probably wasn't a summer place because the summer was a lot of townies and a lot of uh, upperclassmen who generally stayed. Yeah. Not many people stayed between their, their freshman and sophomore years for sure. So I would imagine the greenery, yeah. I'm, were they even open in the summer? Yeah, uh, we were. Um, ironically enough, now that you mentioned townies, um, country night was actually a pretty big hit throughout the week. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so um, guys would come in. From Nelsonville to teach the new line dancing steps and it just so happened that line dancing uh at that time in the 90s was actually kind of gaining some steam i don't know if you remember so did you ever did you ever go to the dirty 30 out there the club 33 or whatever it was called we called it the dirty 30 it was out there yeah. on 33 um no i don't think i i did i remember uh where it was and i don't know why i I, it seems like I know something about it, but I don't remember actually going there. Yeah, it was it was kind of out of the way. I, my my wife really enjoyed that bar. I it, it took a lot of effort to go out there. It was out by like a car dealership and a Baptist church or something like that. It took a lot. It was mostly a a towny bar. It was mostly a country kind of honky tonk bar. But it was it was fun because like the the dance floor was bigger. And um, it's kind of like the third option for people, especially like freshmen and sophomores who didn't drive and they always had to rely on other people to take them out there. But my wife was also kind of a townie because uh, my father-in-law got a, um, a uh, he would only accepted a residency to teach at OU if uh, they helped him like relocate him from Canada. And if, uh, my wife and my brother-in-law were to get their uh, tuition at a discount. So he worked a pretty good deal. And she lived out in the Plains-type area. She didn't really live inside uh, Athens. So she would go to the Club 33 almost as much as she would coming in to actually go to the Greenery or the Nick or whatever. Um, and no one pees on you there. No, no one pees on you there. Uh, you might get into a couple of bar fights, have a mug smashed over your head, but no one pees on you. The thing to do was host the teas, uh, the uh, the social teas of by the, the fraternities and the sororities, oh, yeah. which um, 
Yeah, we all know the deal. Like the the cold brewed tea with barley and hops. Um, those were the those were the teas that they had at the greenery. And it was really it was fun and it was such easy money and the fraternity tip too. And I remember working one day. It was my birthday um, in January, and um, I was, it was like, "Hey, you know, we're we're shutting down the upper level on Tuesday uh, for a tea. You want to work it?" And I'm like, "Heck yeah, I do. That's cool." I didn't really get the chance to work one, so it was my first one, and it was on my birthday. And when they found out it was my birthday, oh my goodness gracious! I I I have I have been any any bar I've worked at, I've only been drunk once while working, and that was it. And thank God nothing else happened. But I kind of accidentally got because you can't tell a bunch of you know fraternity guys who are pretty much getting unlimited kegs right. that it's your birthday and not escape sober. So and you're you're in Athens too, right? So I think that well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because bartenders, I know plenty of bartenders who drink and have gotten drunk. Uh, generally, you know, few get too drunk. Yeah. But uh, but bouncers were kind of not the ones that really drank. No. And yeah. well, one is that eventually I had made my way up to bartender, but even if I was, I really didn't like. I know people offered me shots and things. And I'd politely turn them down most most of the time. I never really drank like on, on at, at any of the bars really that I worked at. But yeah, bouncers were. I think it was kind of an understood. Yeah, you're thing. talking to the police officer, so you better not be drinking. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like you're the first line of defense from the cops and from the feds raiding. So I mean, you if you're drunk, like oh boy, and, it's and game it was over. Kind of a, it was kind of a yeah, it's kind of a courtesy thing too. I really didn't like. No, and plus you don't be drunk for an eight-hour shift oh, watching God. drunk people. Ooh. Yeah, it's like, oh, that'd be terrible. I, uh, I mean, I've been plenty of hungover to work. I don't think I've ever been drunk at <laughs> maybe drunk at work functions. That doesn't count, right? <laughs> right. Do that. See, yeah, it's just called on-the-job training. That's that's called. Well, what other bars did you work at? Um, so I briefly worked at O'Hooley's before it kind of became Jackie O's. Um, it was also like, obviously the default Irish bar. So every year for St. Patrick's day, they had a pretty good big shindig, but yeah, it was kind of understood that O'Hooley's was one of maybe two, uh, uh, gay friendly bars in town. And, um, the other was Club Twenty, uh, Club Thirty Three, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> with the line dancing. Casa Cantina was kind of like alternative and funky too, and so was the dugout, which we called the drug out. But see, the um, dugout came in our later years, and we used to go to there a lot. They had good bands there, and it was just—I remember there being a nasty old couch in there, and everyone sit there. Yep. And that was the nastiest thing in the world. So. Uh, but good bands, and actually, I ate lunch there a lot. Pretty decent food. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. So I, um, my first, actually, my my first memory of OU being there, like other than the dorm, you know, getting to know your dorm mates and being there for the first day and all that was, uh, believe it or not, this little band that was featured on 120 Minutes on MTV named Toad the Wet Sprocket was doing a college tour and they played at the dugout. I want to say I saw Fish there, or, or Fish played there. 
Kind of yeah, cool. and a bunch of reggae bands played there too. I think I saw oh, yeah. Steel, Steel Pulse there. And Steel yeah. Pulse is pretty good. Uh, I mean, they're pretty big reggae, and it uh, wasn't that... a big place. Like, how did all those? It's funny when you're wrapped down the, you know, line around the corner. There's no way you're getting in. No, no, and it was. Uh, it, it really wasn't. It was. Um, it was stage. It was like four pool tables. Some. Uh, some some regular tables in a bar. I mean, that's all it was. And yeah, yet, the back little pool room was perfect. Yeah, when we were there too, it was McSweeney's for a while, and then it became okay. the dugout. I think. Um, well, other any other bars besides the dugout? Um, I I worked for a a week. Um, I like at the at, I think at the CI or the Cat's Eye did, taking. I was at the door, uh, look at checking IDs. That lasted for a week for reasons I still don't even really kind of understand. It wasn't like I got fired or anything. I think I just kind of said, you know what? I don't need three jobs. I think I'm fine. Like I don't need to work at three different parts. Um, uh, by the way, the if you are feeling like reminiscing, it's uh, I don't need to plug them for any other reason. But there is a Facebook group uh, that's dedicated to all the memories from. The greenery. So if you ever want to feel nostalgic or ask a question, a lot of the guys on there still post um, uh, and, and update pictures of, hey, I ran into this guy, so-and-so, remember him? And, you know, from uh, from time to time, some of the old bartenders, they'll still get some random people walking up to them saying, you look familiar. So uh, they we do have a uh, Facebook fan page dedicated just to the greenery. We'll check it out. The Facebook page that, you know, you went to OU if, when we were doing our bar episode, I, I posted on that, like, hey, hey, anyone have any bar stories? And the majority, hands down, were from the greenery. Yep. Yep. And it's I just... kind of thought it would be CI or something, but I guess the wilder times probably occurred then. Like, it's the blackout drunk people being stupid were at the greenery. Oh, yeah. The, guy- the greenery stories that I have um, are related to how we were able to avoid – um uh trouble with the law yeah (laughs) it's a very clandestine like situation uh that it it was it involved um actual reconnaissance and it we did it so slick on the level where you you wouldn't know we were doing it until someone were to point it out to you or say if you had, uh, you know, you, you military training, um, because our reconnaissance was actually based off of a couple of Marines who were bouncers in the eighties. Yeah, and they're having a blast. Let's go to work. And let's. Uh, so you're like on the lookout for uh, alcohol agents or yeah. police. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of figure that that bartenders and owners in Athens just kind of knew when they were in town. I, I almost feel like people said that. Yeah, so the um the the wink and the nod, the unofficial like off the record view was and I don't know if it still remains this way, um but was and kind of is don't make don't start trouble, there won't be any trouble. I think it was Yeah, I kind of figured that was it all along. It was an understanding between APD and the DEA slash ATF and us. The, the, the DEA and ATF were way more intense about it than Athens 
police were. At, the, the less fires Athens police and OU police had to put out, the, the, the better. Now, OU police didn't get involved a whole bunch because obviously they kind of stuck towards campus. Oh, and I actually kind of got in trouble a little bit and it was totally random. So, the, because the cops were also ex-military, they, they, know, they knew our signals too. One of our signals to alert the bartenders that the cops were coming in was taking off your hat. Now, of course, because of Murphy's Law, the only time, the one day I wore a hat to work was the day where I was by myself bartending in the uh, saloon downstairs. It was just me and like three people and two of them were half drunk, basically saying, I got to take a break from upstairs. So I was downstairs and I had bent down and, you know, I would get real sweaty and I'm already starting to bald at 20, 21, 23 anyway. So I was, you know, my head was itching. Well, I had my back to the door and I bent down to tie my shoe. And at the same time, as I was getting up, I took my hat off to scratch my head. No sooner that I turn around that remember the movie colors like with Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Pac-Man came around the corner and he looked at me and his face got beat red and he hauled it right back upstairs. And apparently he had chewed out the manager. And, and so the manager came down to me and said, Hey, you need to come over here. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, Oh God, like, what's up? What's going on? He said, how freaking stupid are you? And I said, probably slightly. I don't know what, what happened here. Loaded and, question. Uh... Yeah, that's a loaded question. And he said, you know, he started cursing up a storm. He said, how dumb are you? How ridiculous. Why would you be so stupid and arrogant to take your hat off right in front of the cop? I'm like, take my hat off in front of the cop. Like, what is happening here? I didn't, first of all, like, I, I didn't even know that was the signal until the guy just, the manager told me it was the signal. So, second of all, I said, I had my back turned. I was bending over to tie my shoe and scratch my head. Like, I have no idea. Like, I, what is going on here? He's like, that guy was so pissed. That cop came up to me and he said, I'm going to bring that guy in on his smart ass behavior and blah 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 and, and and he was like i was gonna fire you that night like that minute i was gonna walk him down and fire you on the spot but i had a conversation with him and i told him i would talk to you and blah 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 and don't ever do it don't be that stupid to do it ever again i'm like i didn't even know he was behind me you know i, I got a skin problem my head itches yeah, exactly. You like you should tell him like, hey, you know what? Maybe if you had a good training manual and you told me these things, I would know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Clue me into your secret handshake language of of uh, communicating whether or not the uh, the police are in or not. Now, I get, I, I could see, I could see Pac Man's point. You know, like I could see where he would be insulted. Like, oh, I was just throwing it. And actually, that's what he said. He said to the manager, he said, that guy was throwing it in my face that he knew that I was in there. And I'm like, uh, okay. So, I mean, I got his point. But I think he was also kind of fresh on the beat. And he was yeah. just recently hip to what we were doing there. So, I think he kind of took it's like, it. Yeah, usually we don't allow people to break the law. So, I don't know what to do with this new job. The old timers <laughs> say it's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that's just kind of how it went. Um, we were, um, we were told, uh, we were actually told the, 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 the Athens police told us when the, when the, uh, ATF was coming. And I don't want to say that the Athens police didn't want to do anything or they were, you know, or whatever. there was, there was, I got to get home. Right. It's, Leftover chicken at home. Exactly. They're not trying to, you know, start up stuff that's not there, you know? So yeah, they're like, Oh wait, college Athens, people are getting drunk. Oh really? Yeah. And, and, and it, honestly it was, you make my life easy, and I'll make your life easy. If I, yeah, I'll, don't be an idiot. Don't do stupid don't shit, and we'll all get ground. But I also think that probably the, the ATF and those guys with the federal or state positions probably were more intense, and the, and the Athens police probably didn't like them because, like, hey, they're like, this is our town. We got it under control. We really don't need you here. Would be some of that, I would think. Always fair. Like, I got in a little trouble, and friends got in trouble, and everyone just talks about them being fair, and they yelled, and they should have, and... Uh, you know, that was kind of the right amount of everything. And if you went over the line, you got in trouble. Right. And you deserved it, too. And right, you, you sure. knew what the deal was. You deserved it. And that's what it, and that's what it was. No one ever said the Athens, co- um, Athens cops are out to get me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was never. Yeah. They knew who they were, where they were, and they were the most agreeable, agreeable, affable, uh, intelligent cops i've ever met in my entire life for sure i would say well we do probably need to wrap up but we always talk about what what do you like most about athens in general like what do you like most about athens and second question what's your best memory there so i mean you know we we hold that term alma mater pretty uh seriously like it brings back a lot. Oh, you know, alma mater literally means like the home of my mother. You know, and we really like feel that college is kind of the place where we've been nurtured and we've grown the most as individual. That's why we like high, hold it in such high esteem, right? And 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 I think that the appeal to Athens and the appeal to OU is the community, is the setting. I think that's underestimated and undervalued. I know we like to joke and say, oh, you is like the Harvard on the Hawking, but I'll put my uh, bachelor's degree up against almost anybody's. Um, at the time I was going to Athens, the education department was coming up as one of the best education departments, in, in at least in the state or at least among the Mac schools. And that goes with Bowling Green actually being the first education college like bowling green was founded to be a teacher college for the state of ohio so like ohio was known we had t- we've talked privately about scripps hall and scripps howard building and the tcom and the uh, journalism departments and the library was an amazing uh structure in and of itself and what uh, about your best memory so my best memory, um, and maybe to kind of like peel away some of the, the, the gunk and maybe kind of like do some penance for some of the other off, off color stuff I did was, uh, one night, um, at 
to we, I had her like a retreat. It wasn't really a retreat. It was kind of like more like a a, a hayride type deal, um, where uh, the Catholic Student Union, uh, the Newman Center, uh, down there at Christ the King. Uh, we all got together in one of our social nights. We went to uh, just have a hayride, you know, just college kids hanging out, right? And uh, it was it was one of my favorite memories because it was one of the first times that I actually kind of like found all my friends and kind of figured it out. Like everybody I liked was there. Um, and it was not, not just because it was all church friends, you know, from Newman, but it was just the fact that it was just so cozy and warm. It just kind of, to me, felt like it was the what was all about. You know, it was the hangout. It, it, it was, was comfortable. It was comfortable. It was uh, guitars singing, uh, hanging out with friends, bonfire, flannel shirts, night sky, no, not a cloud in it. Just a beautiful, peaceful night and uh, a, a very nice contrast from the kind of silly, crazy atmosphere that we've been talking about for the last hour or so. So my favorite <laughs> memory has to be just hanging out in the countryside with some friends, being comfortable and cozy and together. Awesome. Now, I, that's your second, because I think your first one is probably when you met your wife, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. On the record, my first, well, and, and not, as silly as that is, I, I, I met her through first group two. So, I mean, it's all, it really means, it means a lot. Athens has a special place in my heart because the long lasting, important community forming family relationships are all, all in Athens County, snugly nestled in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. So, well, hey, Steve, one thing I, I know we're running out of time here, but you mentioned uh, that you do a podcast about wrestling. So tell me more about that. Actually, I saw it. It's fantastic. And you have a great concept where it's Facebook Live so people can interact with you. It, it's like a live call-in radio, but it's really a text-in, but it's, it's the same effect. How did that get started? Yeah, I, I know you're kind of shocked to hear a middle-aged man has a wrestling podcast on the internet, but I have one, and uh, it's called the Heel and Face Podcast. Um, basically, it's just my love of professional wrestling. Ever since I was eight years old and my mom told me I wasn't allowed to watch it over at grandma's house, and uh, it's kind of a hobby right now. I really enjoy doing it, and I, and I, I think the, the funnest way to do it is to do it live as a live interaction, so it's a live interactive podcast on facebook and if you go to heel and face podcast on facebook you can find it you can also find my parent company for a lack of term heel turn wrestling uh if you go to uh, social media on facebook and twitter it's ht wrestling 316 like stone cold steve austin um so you can either find me my podcast is heel and face podcast uh, all one word, or you can go to uh, HT uh, Wrestling 316, and either way, we can find either one of the shows there. But I started the show because um, I was taking some classes at a local media school in Columbus, and uh, I, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I like the concept of it because, to me, uh, doing it live is kind of like the old school sports talk radio where you could call the host, you know, the host would have his opening remarks or his opening segue about what's going on. You know, I came uh, from originally I'm from Northeast Ohio. So as a really good tradition of sports talk radio with Pete Franklin and uh, uh, 
in um, Bruce Drennan and Tony Rizzo. And, and actually, uh, I was very close to actually being a TCOM major at OU anyway. But uh, I, I had a real, you know, love for talk radio. And I kind of parlayed that into doing live podcasts on Facebook. So it's a modest right now following and I really dig it. And it's a a hobby for me, but I really enjoy it because I really love interacting and talking with people about that. Everybody's got an opinion about something. And if you're a wrestling fan, you've got an opinion about uh, wrestling. You can talk to me about it from anywhere from WWE. Everybody watches it. It is WrestleMania season right now. So, uh, you know, anything from WrestleMania to like your tiny independent uh, pro wrestling out of Jackson, Ohio, or Chillicothe, or Nelsonville, or See, that would be Circle the best, Hill, or whatever you know. What's like that? Uh, kind of the local scene would be pretty cool to talk about. I bet it is. It's a lot of fun. I haven't had a chance to go out and, and see much uh, local wrestling this year, but I've been to different shows around Columbus, like Now and uh, Unsanctioned Pro and uh, others. So I might actually be getting involved with something soon here too with another local show out of Bell Fountain. So, I mean, it's a lot of fun talking about it. And I'll just talk about every level of it too. And, you know, pro wrestling right now is kind of hitting like another boom. My brother went to Ohio University and he got an internship out of the journalism school to work at the David Letterman show. Okay. So we went to, our family went to see him once in New York and it was the very first WrestleMania. So you see how old we are, but they all stayed at our hotel. So I remember going down the next morning for breakfast and just wrestlers everywhere and Lou Albano with the uh, safety safety pin and, and rubber band on the side of his cheek. I, I remember that like, who's this guy? And then I'm like, wait, I know who that is. Nice. Yeah, that was kind of like my heyday too. Like when I first got introduced to it, and uh, and, and you know I, I've stuck with it since. So uh, despite dirty looks and laughs and uh, you know comments like "Aren't you a little too old to be watching that?" and you know it's fake, right? That's the other favorite. Yeah, thing then you beat so. the shit out of them, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> like um, it's not fake when they land on the concrete floor, but whatever, yeah. we're splitting here. So you're like, you know, Hey, does this feel fake? Bam. Right. And that's usually what happens. You know, if you ever crack wise to a pro wrestler about it like that, that's pretty much your fate. So, uh, so yeah. now I was just going to say again, like if you want to check it out, it's uh heel and face on Facebook. Um, or you can also find me at uh, heel turn wrestling, HT wrestling three, one, six. So uh, I appreciate it. Thanks. That's, this was a lot of fun. I had a great time. This is a great uh, idea you got going here, and I hope it just, like, blows up, you know? Yes, thank you so much.